Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to continue my conversation with Peter Bregman. In our last broadcast, Peter really challenged me on how I was thinking about bravery in the workplace, and we continue that conversation today. Peter Bregman is the CEO of Bregman Partners, a company that strengthens leadership in people and an organization through programs, coaching, and as a consultant to CEOs and their leadership teams. Peter is also a prolific author. His most recent book is Leading with Emotional Courage, how to have hard conversations, create accountability, and inspire action on your most important work. His other books include Four Seconds, All the Time You Need to Replace Counterproductive Habits with Ones That Really Work. And his previous book was a bestseller and is called 18 Minutes, Find Your Focus, Master Distraction, and Get the Right Things Done, which is the winner of the gold medal from the Axiom Business Book Awards. It was named the best business book of the year on NPR and was selected by Publishers Weekly and the New York Post as a top 10 business book. Peter is also featured on PBS, ABC, and CEN. He is a regular contributor to Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Forbes, NPR, Psychology Today, and as I mentioned, CNN. Let's continue our conversation with Peter. Well, what I love about this conversation, Peter, is that if somebody knows that I want to have this conversation, and I know I'm not being fair to you by not telling you specifically what the topic is, but uh, you know, if I were to have this conversation with somebody, I have to believe, and this is what I would do, that one of the primary questions I would get from people would be, how does it feel? Or how did the outcome feel? Right? They want to know, you know, not did you get what you wanted, but you know, how do you feel about the outcome? I think that would be an area of great interest for others and i'm not sure if that supports your model and premise or or what, what i would but, say uh, is it's almost all that matters mm-hmm. almost all that matters you can have the most look i know the most successful people i coach people who are very very successful right my my coaching is not inexpensive and so it means that you know if you're working with me you probably have enough money you have a you know your your company is paying for it or your so which means you're in a high enough role that they're willing to pay for it or you know you're high net worth enough and uh and so these are all people who are incredibly successful in their lives right and and they and and you know there are a number of people 
who are incredibly successful in their lives, who have everything you could ever imagine wanting, who are insecure and struggling personally and, uh, and, and have a hard time and are not happy. And, you know, of course, after I coach them or people that I, that I tend to coach are usually of a different ilk to some degree. But I can tell you that I know an incredible number of incredibly successful people who, um, who are not, who don't feel good. So there is a complete disconnect between the out there. There is potentially a complete disconnect between the outcomes we achieve in the world that takes a lot of public bravery and how we actually feel, which ultimately is the thing that matters in everybody's life. What matters to you is the feelings you have as you go through life. That is the bottom line. The bottom line is, do you feel good, connected, confident, committed to things that are important to you? Do you feel those things as you go through life? That, I would argue, is the only outcome that matters. Right? Well, and, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, when I think about the conversation that I want to have, and as a former business professional and leadership coach, I've kind of structured the conversation out in respect to how I want to navigate through it. Uh, a lot of the preceding statements have are feeling-based, right? That I tell this person that I love them, that uh, I'm not attending to create any gap between us and our relationship, right? These are all feeling-based, at least for me, it feels, feeling-based perspectives to ensure that when I do talk about what I want to talk about, <clears throat> it doesn't create a disparate reaction, right? Uh, so, because I don't want this person to feel bad. I mean, the last thing, and this might be also one of the roadblocks I have, you know, the last thing I'd want is this person to feel bad about what it is that I'm talking about, because that's not my goal. My goal is to not have this person feel bad or uncomfortable because we're talking about something that we do need to talk about. So this is beautiful, something beautiful. that we do, do need to talk about. So here's my question for you. Are you okay with them feeling bad? I don't know. So that is what's going to get in the way of you having the conversation. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay. You could do everything you can to not make them feel bad, but you have to be okay with them feeling bad because that is one potential outcome of the conversation. And if you are, and by the way, it's not about them feeling bad. It's about you feeling bad about them feeling bad. They are probably fine feeling bad. <laughs> the question is, can you handle the feeling that you did something that made them feel bad? And mm -hmm. if you can't handle that feeling, you can't handle the truth. If you can't handle that feeling, then you'll never have the conversation. Because the truth is, no matter how skilled you are at having that conversation, they may leave the conversation feeling bad. And until you can be okay with your feeling, like you did something that led them to feel bad, until you can be okay with that, you won't have the conversation. Because the, your courage is not having the conversation. Your courage is the willingness to feel something you don't want to feel. And if you're willing to do that, if you're brave emotionally, then you'll be able to have that conversation. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I'm just wondering, Peter, and this might be from your book, Leading with Emotional Courage. Can you 
tell our listeners, and I think you've already done this on a number of levels, but you know, what's one or two things that they could do differently as they start thinking about saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done? Are there tips or suggestions or recommendations you can make that could be helpful? Sure. You know, and, and the, the book has, first of all, on the book and also on our website uh, is a free assessment of like each, each chapter is a lot of little chapters. So it's 48 little chapters and each chapter, and it's broken out into these four dimensions of leadership, confidence in yourself, connection to others, commitment to purpose and emotional courage. And, and each, and there's, so there's this free assessment and, and it kind of, and each question in the assessment relates to one of the chapters. So there's 12 questions for confidence in yourself, 12 questions for connecting to others, et cetera. And so those questions, like just asking yourself those questions will begin the process of uncovering where you might want to explore strengthening an element, whether it's confidence in yourself, connection to others, commitment to purpose, or emotional courage. And and it, you know, and the answer is emotional courage is a muscle like any other muscle. You know, I worked out this morning, and when I worked out, my muscles. You know, I I, I do some things that bring my muscles somewhat to failure, but certainly bring them to the edge, and that increases my capacity to lift higher weights later. So the way you do it is by taking small actions. So for you, what I would say is you have a fear of making someone feel bad. Like that, like I just hear that very clearly in this conversation that you don't want to do something that's going to make them feel bad. So here is my question. What small thing can you risk sometime today that might, in your view, make someone feel bad in a small way? You're not going to intentionally make them feel bad, but you're going to risk standing for yourself. So here's what we know about confidence and self and connection to others, right? Those are two elements that there are people who are very confident in themselves and not connected to others. And there are people who are very connected to others and not confident in themselves. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. The goal, this is not a, a personality assessment, like, oh, I'm just high in confidence and low in connection. No, if you want to be an effective leader, if you want to be an effective person in the world, you need to be both high in confidence in yourself and high in connection to others. If I'm highly connected to others, but not particularly confident in myself, I will give myself up to keep you happy. That sounds like something you might be doing a little bit. You might be higher in connection to others and less high in confidence in yourself, in which case you're willing to give yourself up, give parts of yourself away in order to keep people happy. Right? That's or not have true. That's, that's complete. Yeah, that's true. That's completely true. Great. So for you, I would say an, an activity that you could do sometime today, Ed, is to stand for something you know is important to you with grace and with connection and with care. But you know, if you're with someone and they say, I really want to go to this restaurant and you don't particularly, well, who goes to restaurants anymore? But let's just use this <laughs> as an example. You know, I really want to go to this restaurant and you say, and you really don't want to go to the restaurant, but you want to keep them happy. So you would say, yeah, okay, I'll go to the restaurant. So here I would suggest to you that you actually try saying, you know, it's really not my favorite restaurant. Let's pick another restaurant. Let's go to this other restaurant. Would you be open to that? And now you're, you're chancing a conflict and you're doing something that would, you know, you're prioritizing uh, at least somewhat yourself. Now you're not saying let's go to a restaurant you hate and I like. 
but you're just saying you're going to push back in a way that you might not otherwise push back to prioritize something that feels important to you, right? You're caring for yourself as much as caring for them, right? And that would be a risk for you. And I don't know. I mean, you, you, you know what your day is like and you know where you'll have the opportunity. But to take an opportunity to, with care for them also, not let go of care for yourself and don't give yourself away for someone else and, and go slow enough that you feel all the anxiety that goes along with making that move because you will recognize that you are able to feel that, that you're you know, willing and able to feel something that, something that may uncover, that brings you to a new place. And the more you do that kind of thing, then the more your comfort zone expands and the more courageously you're able to feel, which will lead to more courageously able to act. Well, I love the recommendation. And my compromise is, because I am a big believer in following the journey that life has us on, is not doing it today, potentially doing it today, but waiting until that moment where I realize that this could be that time where I do exactly what you're describing. So rather than force it or look for it, uh, keep it present in my mind. And when that opportunity arises, practice it and see if it works. So Ed, you're going to regret having me on this podcast, I think. But I'm going I'm I'm to say- that, I don't regret it at all, Peter. Okay. So I'm going to say like, that's fine, but it has a little bit of an air of uh, avoidance to me. So what I would say is that's fine. You'll find an opportunity, but I don't buy the theology that, you know, I only, you know, I, I don't believe in pushing things. Um, I, I think honestly, like, I think it's scary. I think what I'm asking you to do is a little scary and I'm not asking you to, um, uh, you know, I'm not asking you to be obnoxious to anybody else. I'm just asking you to prioritize yourself. And by the way, they might say no, and that might be hard for you to handle also. But, uh, but you know, I don't know what the downside is of looking for it. I hate making suggestions or recommendations that people don't want to do, right? I always want to be the, I always want to be the hero who has an idea and everybody says, sounds great, let's do it. So now you have a little bit of a taste of my coaching, which is like, it, it's, you know, like when you increase your bravery around that. So I'm not going to accept that you say, well, when it happens, I'll, I'll, I'll take the opportunity because I actually think what you're saying is, well, Peter, that sounds scary. And I don't know that I really want to do it. And that's fine. That's fine because that may, you may not be ready to do that, but I do want you to recognize that that's what's going on because, and like here, let's, let's, uh, let's take this as an opportunity. Is there anything you want to say to me? And again, like I'm putting you on the spot and I, you know, I don't know how I would respond. I'm putting myself on the spot too. But is there anything you would want to say to me that um, you're not, you know, is there anything you want me doing on this podcast that I'm not doing? Or is there anything I am doing that you don't like? Or, you know, like, give me some feedback here if it feels a little scary for you, because this is how you develop your courage. When you want to, you know, when you want to talk about what it means to be brave, it means to show up in a way, hopefully as skillfully as you can, that, you know, might disappoint yourself or others. And that's, that's going to be, a, that's a feeling. So is there anything that might be a little scary? 
Well, two things that I would tell you, Peter. First of all, I love that you're on the podcast, so I don't want you to feel <laughs> that anything we've talked about today in your candor has been unwelcome. It's been fantastic, and I love, love the conversation we've been having. You know, I do want to push back on this premise that uh, I'm avoiding or delaying the inevitable. You know, I do believe, and this just might be where my head is right now, because this is a very new concept for me. You know, I do believe that uh, when it comes to being brave or looking for opportunities to say things that need to be said or do things that need to be done, you know, they need to happen organically. You don't just get up from the seat today and walk downstairs and say, okay, I want to say something. Um, you know, I, there might be something like that that's there, but, you know, I want to practice it well. And so I want to hang up from our conversation today and go on with my day and go on with my le- week and have a post-it note that says, look for that opportunity to say something that might make somebody a little bit uncomfortable. And when it happens, it happens. And it will be a great, fantastic moment. But, you know, I'm a little uh, underwhelmed by the fact that I have to do it today, right? That between now and midnight tonight, I have to find this opportunity to, to do something. Could I go out and call someone or look for someone and say something that I've been wanting to say? Absolutely. I'm sure that I could. But I'd rather that it happened uh, for me in these early stages, you know, organically until I practice that emotional muscle where now it's happening on a more regular basis. Are you there, Peter? Yeah, I'm wondering how you're feeling. I'm feeling good. Good. So feel, so notice everything. How did it feel when I didn't respond immediately? I thought you had... I thought your line had cut off. <laughs> so how does that, did that feel hard for you to say to me? No. No. Okay. So no, there, is an, there is an energy that happens. You can't predict the energy, I don't believe. But, you know, I tell clients all the time when they need to say something to their boss that they have been avoiding saying, I will tell them that 95% of the time I will get a call back from my client saying, I said what I needed to say to my boss today. I was very respectful. He or she listened. We had a great conversation. I went back to my office. I closed the door and I did a high five. It felt so good. Now, you can't predict that because that's not where your head is. Right. But it feels so good to say what needs to be said as long as you do it respectfully. That For me, that's always a very important characteristic uh, right. that we respect others. But uh, it feels good to say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done. And was there any nervousness before you said it to me when you said, look, okay, so I'll be honest with you, blah, blah, blah. No, no. No. Okay, great. So here's my question, right? I hear what you're saying. Here's my question. This person that you have to have the hard conversation with, why not find the opportunity today? Not that the opportunity is just going to happen, but why not look for the opportunity today to have that difficult conversation with them? Okay. So my point is you're, you're, uh, what you're saying, your pushback, which is, I think those things just actually happen and there will be an opportunity when I see it. That's fine when someone's coming to you, but when you're going to go to someone, that's not fine. That's an excuse. So in other words, if if you're saying at some point, I'll have the conversation with them when the time is right. But by the way, I've been meaning to have that conversation and the time's never really been right. And I'm, I'm, uh, and I just believe that these opportunities show up when they show up. I'm going to argue with you that that's that's a very passive way to 
move through life when you have something you want to do and you're not doing? I love the, if I could interrupt quickly, Peter, I love the premise because I want our listeners to hear that. I also believe oftentimes we're not as brave as we need to be because we don't know how to start the conversation. And we're afraid as soon as we bring it up, it's going to collapse and things are going to go south and I'm going to regret ever saying it. So I love the model of, you know, there's never been a good way to say this, right? Or I've never found a good time to say it. So I want to say it, right? Just to get it out, I think is a great, I think, way as one of the options of the many ways that you can say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done of starting that conversation. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the, that could be one of the, that could be one of the avoidances that you've avoided it because, well, now today's not a good day. And we hear that all the time, right? Well, I couldn't speak to my boss this week because it was a busy week and, you know, it was a, uh, we had a bad sales call, you know, whatever it might be, there's always a reason for these clients to never do what they say they're going to do. And, Part of it is because they don't know how to start the conversation. Exactly. And there's a chapter in Leading with Emotional Courage about how to start difficult conversations. And I will, it's a very simple thing. So I'll just share the premise with you, which is always start with the punchline. So rather than build up to, you know, there's this conversation I've really been thinking about having. And by the way, I think you're really awesome. I really like you. I think there's so many ways in which you know, our relationship is fantastic, but there's also some things that, but you could talk for 20 minutes. I had someone who talked, who said they were in a conversation with their boss and 20 minutes into the conversation, they interrupted and they said, I don't, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know whether I'm being promoted or fired, you know, because we're (laughs) really, really great at this. But on the other hand, you know, this is really a challenge, but we really value you here, but you have to, you know, and they were, they didn't understand. So, start with the punchline. If you have to have a difficult conversation with someone because they're not showing up the way you want them to show up, I don't, again, we don't know what your conversation is. Then what you want to do is say, hey, I want to talk to you about X because it feels, maybe it feels a little scary to have this conversation, but it feels important. So I want to talk to you about X. Or, you know, I've, I've, I've really been wanting to go on a vacation with you and you've been very resistant to it and I want to have that conversation. Or whatever it is that you need to talk to them about, like say it in the first sentence. And now you're off and running. But otherwise, if you're beating around the bush for 30 minutes, you know, they're not clear. You're not clear. No one knows what you're talking about. So if you want to start a difficult conversation, start it in the first sentence. Well, Peter, this has been a fantastic conversation with you this morning. I am going to be ordering as soon as we disconnect, leading with emotional courage, how to have hard conversations, create accountability and inspire action on your most important work, because I know I will learn some great lessons about being braver in the workplace. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to hear more about you or your practice? Uh, If you go to BregmanPartners.com, B-R-E-G-M-A-N-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.com, BregmanPartners.com, and everything's there. Great. And I'll ask you this. I've never asked a uh, guest this before. Before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you wanted to say today? Uh, No, I've loved the conversation. Thank you for playing with me. You've shown a lot of courage and bravery in in this conversation because usually when you're the podcast interviewer, you can sit behind the questions and I didn't let you do that. So so you really really showed up as a partner in this and I'm appreciative of that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this was totally unexpected, right? So everything that we talked about today has been uh, live. Right. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't have any pre warning that you were going to uh, start asking me some tough questions, but I, I love them. And thank you so much. And they really have 
started me thinking about how I can make great progress on that conversation I need to have. My great pleasure. Well, thanks again, Peter. <laughs> Bye-bye. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.